0: So we're reading from Luke 1, verse 26, up to verse 38. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings. You are highly favored. Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid Mary you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called son of the Most High. Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Good morning everyone, it's good to see you all this morning. Let's pray and we will continue with our series in Luke. Father, we pray that we indeed, in the light of this morning and what Phil has shared with us, we may indeed hear your word very clearly today. We are a people in need of a God that is greater than what we can imagine. So we pray for that, and we long that you will speak to us. And we do this in Jesus' name. Amen. On your outline, you will notice that I put down there the ideas from the sublime to the ridiculous. Um, It's a phrase that I take we use to refer to things that... um, You know, from working from what ought to be to what ought not to be, or from good to bad, or from appropriate to inappropriate. Um, And it kind of gives us that idea from serious to being frivolous, to being silly, to being unimportant. Uh, That's what the word normally means. But interestingly, if Google is allowed to be trusted, uh, it was a kind of a a phrase coined by Tom Paine in his book, The Age of Reason, in 1794. That's quite a long time ago. What he meant by that was that when we look at human reasoning, it seems like we have uh, this ability to move ourselves from the sublime to the ridiculous in one thought or step. That's the context that he used it in. It's weird, isn't it? I mean, you've seen that. You've seen, you have seen you can say something very sublime, and the next moment you can be an absolutely idiot, isn't it? I mean, I'm not a racist, but I hate Americans <laughs> from the... Sublime, I'm not a racist to hating Americans, you know, I kind of undo myself in one thought. That seemed to be what uh, Tom Paine had in mind. Uh, so it means we oscillate. We are this way and that way with the way we think. Now I want to apply that this morning to Luke's gospel, because when we introduce God into that phrase, I want to change it slightly. I want to say that Luke 1, the first section we looked at last week, is sublime And now we are moving over to the ridiculously sublime. When it comes to God, God doesn't oscillate between the sublime and the ridiculous. God oscillates between the sublime and the ridiculously sublime. I want to show you this this morning. How amazing it is. Last week we saw that God can do what we have just heard this morning. God can reverse nature. Remember that? Zachariah and Elizabeth, old age, married for a long time, very godly, very prayerful, in the line of the priests, having no children. Can't have children. Tried often, probably they're exhausted from all the sex, not having kids, we don't know. And yet God says, In the old age, I'm going to reverse this. And he does. Amazing, isn't it? From the old to the new. He just reverses it like that. He just speaks and it happens. From despair to hope. From unfruitfulness to fruitfulness. I mean, don't you think it's absolutely amazing to be able to reverse something? I mean, I remember years ago when uh, there was was one of these um, kind of, you know, these... Let me be careful how I it. People telling you that, you know, they were really blessed by God and so their fillings, you know, in their mouths was replaced with, you know, with gold fillings in, in church while they were praying. Amazing. God comes in and he becomes this amazing dentist that can take your fillings out and replace it with gold fillings as you're worshipping him. I mean, there was a lot. So, one of these guys told my brother about this. Now, my brother is a a, a dentist. And my brother says, you know what, I guess it's amazing, but you said, you know, I'm not really impressed. He says, because I can take out your filling and put a gold filling in. He says, if God could reverse your rotten tooth to normal again, that would impress me, <laughs> because that's something I can't do. That's what we saw last week. It's sublime. I mean, people who can't have kids suddenly have kids. They're excluded from society. They're disgraced. They suddenly praised and excited and are involved again. That's what God can do. But this week, God does Himself. He goes completely off the chart. So as we look at this thing. But really, to me, this passage says the impossible possibilities of God is on display for us here. So when you compare and contrast these two announcements, you see obviously there are things that are the same. Abel, the Angel Gabriel comes and he makes an announcement. Uh, the people have the same reaction. They're kind of terrified, shocked, uh, perplexed by what is going on. He brings them this message that both of them will have a child. Um, he actually reasons with them a little bit and helps them and he explains to them what is going to happen with each one of these children. So in that sense, they are very similar. But that's almost where the story ends, because they are very, very different. The first one happens in the temple, which is the apex, the center of where God has made himself known. And where we, you would expect God, if he's going to do something great, he's going to speak to you in the temple. And the second story, he speaks to a person in Nazareth. But you know that the, the town Nazareth is never ever mentioned anywhere else in the Bible. It is nowhere town. It doesn't even get a mention. Just yeah, Just little insignificant town. You can't take an aerial photograph of Nazareth because it's hidden, hidden under a tree. That's how small it is. How insignificant it is. From the temple to nowhere. From pedigree, as I call it, Zechariah and Elizabeth are priestly line. I mean, they top-notch. They can literally date their entire family back to Aaron. The little girl was nothing. I mean, she may even have been quite probably illiterate. Sorry, girls, in those days you were not very valued. So you just had to be pregnant and in the kitchen and work. You weren't literate. She was probably not literate. This insignificant girl in insignificant town. I mean, even the New Testament says when they say, come and look at this man from Nazareth, remember what he said? Can anything good come from Nazareth? I mean, has anything ever come from Nazareth? It's no way. God is going to come and do something really weird in Nazareth. He speaks to an old man in the first one, and here he speaks to a young girl. Now, again, you Different for us, our culture doesn't understand. You do not speak, men do not speak to women in public. The other day we were actually at uh, Varsity and it was quite interesting. We had some Muslim uh, guys studying with Dante and it was quite interesting to me to note that thing It happened. So one of the guys asked a woman and she had this, what do you call this scarf they have over their heads? No, not a burqa, the burqa is the big thing. It's just the scarf, whatever, you know what I'm talking about. So he spoke to her, and being more traditional in her understanding, she did not reply. She looked at her son, nodded to him, and he spoke to the other man in public on her behalf. Very much like the culture actually that was going on in Israel at that stage. Very honor shame culture. You don't, I mean, here comes an angel you go and speak to a young girl. I mean, that's weird, it's ridiculous. On every level, this thing is ridiculous. There he spoke to a couple who are married. Yeah, he speaks to a girl that is betrothed. She wants to have. Yeah, he speaks to a couple that have been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying for a child. And yeah, he speaks to a girl who probably, the only thing that she was praying about is that she will get married and then have children. And the angel says, hello, you, oh favored one. Look at the words, Again, look at the reaction, verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might, why on earth would the angel Gabriel come from God to nowhere John to nowhere go, to nothing, and says, the, the wording is actually much stronger in the original language, the word greetings means grace, grace to you, O graced one, is what the words actually are saying, it's amazing, I mean that's ridiculous, God is going to do something, and he chooses the most unlikely person to do it. In the most unlikely town, being in the most unlikely situation. She's betrothed. She's not married yet. And you can keep on going. I mean, you can. I hope I've worked your appetite. Go and read and see how these things are similar and different. These two stories, these two massive announcements are very different, and yet they are very similar. And the Holy Spirit features in both of them as well. John will have the spirit from birth. This one will be birthed by the spirit. God can enable by his spirit to reverse nature in the first story. Here God by his spirit creates life in nature. Amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's, you're like, what is going on here? This really is a completely different order of miracle. And you can see it in the two products, if you can allow to use that language. If you look at John and you look at Jesus, as the angel describes him, and I'm not going to get into all the detail again, we will pick it up as we go along. But he's, he will, John will be great before the Lord. Jesus will just be great. Because he can't be before the Lord because he is the Lord. He is the Holy One. He is the Son of the Most High. He is the Son of God. I mean, massive difference. John will come and he will prepare people and bring them back to God. This one will rule people. John will say, the Lord is coming, and this one will say, the Lord is here. I mean, that's massive, isn't it? The difference. John is for a time until the Lord comes. Look at what it says there. He will reign forever. This is a completely different ballgame. game. Amazing that God can reverse things, but God can literally transcend and transform things into a completely different order. He can make things good again, but here he can make things not only good, but eternal. You see how amazing that is? Where this story is going? Here God brings and he infuses his very life into Someone so that he may break all the categories of what we are looking for and hoping for. In life, we often, I mean, if you think carefully, I always play play this joke, kind of a game with yourself, if you really want to try and find out what you're looking for, play the game, what do I really want? You know, I've told you this a million times, keep on playing the game, what do I really want? And answer the question. And then you ask yourself, is this what I really want? And then you say, well, this is what I really want. I really want to get my degree, is that what you really want, is that it? ah, uh, nah, I want more. What do you want? I want to get my degree and I want to be good at my work. Uh, okay, Is that what you want? To get your degree and be good? at Is that it? The funny thing is if you play that game about five, six times, you know where you will end up? You will look for that which is really good for life and it will have to be eternal. But You, you play the game and see where you go. That's my prediction, what you will find. Here you find God can do not only the good, God can do the good for eternity. That's good news. The angel says, I'm bringing you good news. What good news? Good news about what? Good news that are really good, that transcends all things, that reverses all things, that renews all things, and actually takes it way beyond what you can imagine. That is what we're actually seeing in this thing. And here's Mary's response. Her response is, sorry, before we get to that, Uh, The second one there, a third one, from the improbable to the impossible. So I take it Mary must have been thinking, you know, is this possible to happen? And the angel obviously recognizes it. Look at verse 36. He says to her, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. So Mary Why don't you go and go and check out if it's true that Elizabeth is in the sixth month? She was barren, now she is pregnant. What I've just told you is that something supernatural is going to happen to you. Listen carefully to verse 35. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Fascinating, isn't it? The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Anyone knows the Old Testament? Where does that language come from? Where did the Spirit overshadow something? After Egypt? Exodus in the wilderness? Before that? Come, come, guys. See how well you know your scriptures. Genesis chapter 1 verse twice and the spirit of the lord hovered over the darkness and the deep god's presence is here god's presence is going to shape life and bring it into existence that's what he says is going to happen to you really would you believe that isn't that quite ridiculous exactly what god has done in the beginning god is going to do in this new beginning not is god going to make nature god is going to enter nature this time around and he's going to blow it out of proportion good news isn't it and so mary's response verse 38 i am the lord's servant Mary answered, may it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Mary, young girl, between the ages 12 to 16, plus miles, we're not exactly sure. That's when you get married, around about that age and that is culture. She had a script for her life. She is a betrothed. Betrothal in that culture was very different from ours. You were probably betrothed most likely for about a year. They come and they have a ceremony and he pays uh, money to the dad. And then he goes away and he goes and make a house and make it all ready. And when it's all ready, he comes at any given time to come and fetch her. Because they're already married. They're just not living together because he first has to build the house and get it all done. But she's got, I mean, you think she's thinking about this? Wow, amazing. One day he's going to come back and he's going to fetch me. I'm going to live with him, and I'm going to get away from my parents. And it's going to be great. and we may have kids. I have my life. I can, I can envision my life, isn't it? Here comes the angel says, "God has a script change for you. You're going to become pregnant before you're married in a culture where that's a shame. script rewritten. Think about it. What will the neighbors say? What will Joseph do? We had told them in Matthew what he was about to do, so the angel quickly had a detour, warned him off. But just imagine, in that culture, if you were pregnant before you were married, you know what they did with girls? They took them into a public square, cut off all their hair. And expose them to public ridicule. She says, Lord, I'm your servant. Script rewritten, it's okay. You in charge. My great plans for my great life. It's okay, I'll give it up. May it happen to me according to your word. Incredible, isn't it, when you think about it? See, you've got to use your imagination when you read this stuff. What was it like for a young girl at that age to be told, hey, your real-life plans, none of that is going to happen. Everything is going to change now. Not that easy, is it? See, when God gets into your life, notice change of script for your life. Not your plans, His plans. And you know what? As we've seen just here a little bit, his plans are always better than yours in any case. So really, it's not that stupid to do that, is it? See what she's doing here? See how massive this thing is that's happening here? How ridiculous it is? How could God expect her to just say, okay, cool, I will just go through all of that. I don't know what's going to happen, but this is cool because you have spoken. You will sort it out. It's in your hands. So she's an incredible example to us, isn't it, of the right attitude. When God enters into your life, he wants to know if you are going to be his servant. And if his word will from now on set the agenda for your life. And she says, yes, it's cool with me. I bow before you. May it be, may it actually become, may I actually become what your word has said. Powerful language, strong language that is being used here. And so, for us this morning, So, can you enjoy what Mary enjoyed? Now, when we start to apply this to ourselves, what is quite interesting is that uh, we need to obviously jump a little bit to the end of the story, isn't it? To really understand the significance of what's going on here. But did you hear this morning... That the God, when he comes to implement his plan of promise, and we haven't looked at that from centuries before, is a God that can reverse nature, restore it. Would some of you older guys, would you like to have the vitality of a 18-year-old again? The God that I serve is able to reverse everything. Have you heard that? Can you see it? Does it cause in you a desire? Is it something you want? Is it something you can see this world is in desperate need? Someone must please come and set this world free from corruption and decay and death. Actually, is it possible? Is it actually possible that God can reverse this slide down the road? If we I get in front of the mirror, I look a little bit different. I've got more gray hair. Apparently the gray is, people tell me I've got more gray hair in front of behind it. Well, because I'm thinking too much, huh? Eh? I'm decaying, you decaying. God says in this story, i have the power and i have the will, and i have the plan to reverse this will you come to me will you allow me to set you free will you accept that in christ jesus i have already given you that So it's very interesting when you start to think about the further story as we go on. Almost every single thing that God did for Mary, God is today doing through Jesus Christ to each person who wants it. He came to Mary and he revealed his plan to Mary. Have you allowed Jesus Christ to reveal his plan to you? He came to Mary and he said to Mary this is my son, Jesus Christ. He is going to be the one who will reign forever. Have you heard and accepted that that is what God does for everyone? Just to invite them. here's my son. I'm introducing you to him. He will reign on David's throne. He will reign over God's people forever. His kingdom will never, ever, ever come to an end. Have you been introduced to him? Have you heard? Have God revealed it to you in the light of our brokenness? Where will you find hope? Where will you find life? Where will you find life that will last forever? And he comes and by the Holy Spirit, he births life into Mary. And by the Holy Spirit, he comes and he gives us new rebirth. He comes and he puts his very life into Mary. And he says to you, when you come to my son, I put my very life into you. So that you may be born again. So that you may be changed. That's wacko, isn't it? This son that is going, going to be your son that you're going to birth, he is going to be the one who will birth everybody else through that spirit that gave him birth. Will you trust him? Will you come to him? Will you allow him to have the say in your life? Will you value what he says more than what you think and plan and desire and aim for? Because he can give far more than anybody and anything else. Have you received him, in other words? Have you heard until the eyes of your heart can see so that you will desire and come to receive life? And he says he's the only one who will live forever. And he is the only one who can make you live forever. Come. Receive him. Accept him. Trust him. Respond. Lord, I'm your servant. You can rewrite the script of my life. It's okay. You're in control. Because you can restore and renew and transcend all things for the impossible is not impossible for you isn't that amazing see there's the gospel cry to this passage jesus christ is the son that will bring about the rule of god he is now ruling and we are waiting for him to return so that we may experience the fullness of everything that he can give Today, when you hear his voice, ask him to open the eyes of your heart. Now, do yourself a favor and go and have a look in the mirror and take a snapshot. And if God is gracious to you, go back and do it another year later. No matter how hard you try, how many longevity magazines you read, how healthy you live, how many vitamins and pills you drink, You are going to die. There's only one that can give life, and that is Jesus Christ. And he does it by birthing his very life by his spirit into our beings. Good news? Have you received it? This is yours. So that you will feel vitality inside you when you look at the fact of life, you'll turn your eyes upon Jesus Christ. Isn't that lovely little song, isn't it? Turn your eyes on Jesus Christ. Look full in his wonderful face. For the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Yeah, you see glory, isn't it? still veiled very much so, but glory, the glory of the one who is able to overcome all sin, all brokenness, he can restore you, he can forgive you, he can heal you, He can change your ambitions. He can change your life. He can change your behavior. And we are awaiting him to come in again. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you sometimes speak in picture language so that we may actually see the shocking reality of your goodness. You give us little pictures of the power that you have, the power to restore and reverse all the brokenness and the effects of this life. But more than that, you have power and goodness and ability to bring your very life into us so that we may be yours forever and ever and ever. And literally nothing can separate us from you. Father, we pray that like Mary, we will wonder and ponder these things that our minds will run to and fro and do all the calculations and do all the comparisons and actually look at life and look at people and look at ourselves and our own thoughts and ask ourselves, what an incredible thing that God has come in human form to favor mankind, to live the life that we have failed, to die the death that we deserve. To be raised to eternity that is all ours in him help us to do the calculations lord help us to compare and contrast help us to really look at ourselves to really look at this world and to really look into the face of your son miraculously who came into this world through the spirit by a young girl mary lord you are weird in that sense Wonderfully so. So we ask you, open our eyes, open the desires of our hearts, so that we may truly see the wonder of what you have given us in your Son, the Son who is the Saviour of this world. To you belong praise and thanks, to you belong the ability to keep on bringing ourselves to you so that you may restore us, renew us, set us free. We pray that you may do that in Jesus' name. Amen.